2: Welcome to the Road to Wire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper, Mario Puig, taking a look at this Monday evening slate. Uh, unfortunately, the Rays Indians game, which has the best pitching matchup of the night, Chris Archer and Carlos Carrasco, uh, has a six ten Eastern first pitch, and it's not part of the main slates. You can play it, of course, on the all day slates, uh, but the GPP appeal and the contests are quite a bit smaller, so that really changes things. But one aspect to playing those contests on a night like tonight would be if you like the chalky pitcher on the main slate a guy like chase anderson and you want to get an opportunity to own him at a lower ownership rate that's where you'd probably have to do it because it seems like the the chalk appeal of anderson goes down considerably even with archer and carrasco going up against each other
3: right yeah it's like in if you're doing the the main slate anderson's looking at like maybe pushing like Thirty-five, forty, or something like that. Whereas if Carrasco and Arch are there, he's probably capped at like twenty. Um, still pretty popular either way. But the the first scenario is preferable if you're targeting him. So
2: there's there's the the breakdown. If you are thinking about uh, all day, we're going to focus on the main slates as we always do, and uh, starting to take a look at the other pitching on the board. I mean, Anderson is on the road against the Padres. Brandon McCarthy's coming off the DL to start against the Giants. He's eighty-seven hundred. And Dan Straley is 8600 home against Houston. Uh, Anderson to me seems like the safest of the bunch. McCarthy probably second safest, and it's mostly because that he's coming off an injury. It's not really a matchup concern right. at all, even though it's on the road. Uh, Straley, though, of that trio, I think has a, a slightly higher ceiling because the, the Astros, you know, they they they're built on the long ball, which is not is not good for a guy like Straley. But on a day where he's commanding his pitches really well. Uh, the strikeout potential I think goes up against the lineup uh, that is kind of built around swing and miss and the long ball
3: yeah and in that stadium he could give up some pretty hard contact and it might just be a, a fly out instead of a you know easy homer in a lot of other contexts but uh, I, Straley is probably someone that I should th- consider more than I have uh, previously in this this slate I, I I'm drawn toward McCarthy because the Giants bats have been so bad and um because unless there's like unless there's like reports of him having some kind of setback or something with that injury i'm inclined to think that that team won't have like rushed him into it and that he should be fine from that aspect but uh straley i mean those those astros bats are scary but yeah if they're if they're all just flying out and striking out it, it's a, a scenario that could actually occur
2: he probably won't be that highly owned either so there's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check myself right now. The Astros are tied for 28th in K percentage. They're actually really low in really? strikeouts right now. I mean, El Tuve in a typical year helps that. He's actually been striking out more than usual this season. I know Gurriel doesn't strike out a lot, but I, I just I have this perception of the Astros still being the feast or famine kind of offense built similar to the Brewers. And oddly enough, they've become kind of like the Royals of a couple of years ago, where they really depress uh strikeouts as a team are uh, the red sox are currently the uh, most difficult team to strike out in the game they're at 16.9 percent. so I, i'm actually uh, a little ex- less excited about straley now than i was previously It's just right. one of those things that we believe to be true that so far at least hasn't held up
3: right i was going to ask do you expect that to last though i mean in, in the skill sets of these players i mean uh, I guess I guess it's a, they they have a little bit more um, left handedness than they used to, but that alone doesn't really help explain it because uh, they were fourth last year
2: in case K-K- like they were
3: way up right. Correa started slow, Springer started really hot. Maybe he trails off a little bit, strikes out a little bit more to close out the. Was it like Aoki a part? Of, he hasn't been at bat that, that much, so um, hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what to make of that. And for what it's worth, otherwise, against righties, uh, Astros have, I think, the fourth-highest WOBA. So all
2: right, maybe maybe, maybe not Straley so much. But, but here's the thing. like That swing and miss tendency I was talking about is still there. They have it an 11.5% swinging strike rate, their third-highest yeah. in swinging strike rate. So there might be something to their K rate being down this season, not necessarily being where they're going to be later on. It's okay. kind of an interesting...
3: but either way also the stadium is an important part of the context because it's like okay maybe straley isn't striking many people out but maybe he does go seven innings allowing two runs with you know six strikeouts um and gets the win because uh four you know well struck hits uh just fly out deep instead of leaving the stadium like they might in another
2: scenario of the, of the same occurrences in any event if you're only building one lineup or two lineups is dan straley going to be your pitcher on Fanduel in either one of them no i'm, I'm still
3: sticking with mccarthy i think and it's it's a uh, it's not like i have much conviction with that decision it's just i'm kind of like and these the giants are uniquely bad batting team uh, McCarthy seems pretty good if he is healthy, and the 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 fact that he's not guaranteed to be himself might keep his ownership uh, lower than it would normally merit in this scenario. And uh, like Chase Anderson is who I would pick in like a cash scenario, no question. Uh, but because I'm not probably going to play any cash today, I'm I'm thinking tournament and McCarthy kind kind of is more rationalized and that's in that scenario. All right, I'm Anderson
2: over McCarthy right now. This is going to be admittedly a very light night. In a for vacuum, me, n- me too. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just don't like. I don't like this slate.
3: No, I really I don't. don't.
2: But and that, that's going
3: to temper. That doesn't necessarily how much mean play much, it. though. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not as if everything goes the way we expect it to. So it's uh, just the task is always just like you know to the best as you can discern. Try to try to try to crack the code, and uh, even if you're
2: not as sure about it as the other day where you thought you did but didn't. true. And um, you look at some of the cheaper pitching options. If you had to go, let's say, 7,500 or less, that would cut out Sean Minaya, 7,900 coming off the DL against Seattle. Cuts out Musgrove at 8,000 against Miami and Wheeler at 8,300 against the Diamondbacks at Chase Field. I don't think anybody's really excited to throw Wheeler out there tonight. Anyway, uh, Zach Godley... Right. home against the Mets at 7500 might be slightly contrarian. I mean, the Mets can certainly do some damage. They've got some big lefties that will uh, probably enjoy a park boost being in Arizona. But then you get really scrubby guys. It's Kane, Jesse Chavez, Mike Bolsinger, Bart Perdomo, Gallardo, and Big Pelf. Is anybody at all as you move to the bottom half of tonight's pitcher list worth considering? Uh not really if i had to consider
3: one it would in the event that travis shaw is out for the brewers i would maybe consider perdomo as a guy who might surprisingly go like seven innings with like four k's and just like three runs allowed uh but it's uh that's just too many conditions for me to bother with that so if it was somebody under 76 that i would bother with it would be godly just because he his strikeout potential in a vacuum on this slate is probably the the highest, I would say, uh not nearly as good of a run allowed projection and, and probably not whip as like Chase Anderson or uh, McCarthy or even Straley. But Godley has struck people out pretty reliably at all levels, and uh, you know the the Mets, like you said, they they can crush uh, at a few points in the lineup, but then in other parts they're they're more vulnerable. But I don't even, I don't really like Godley that much today. So I'm just staying away from all of that. I would probably just focus on like the top three guys. Like maybe Wheeler if like Peralta and Pollock are out for Arizona. But even that's a little
2: more than I have the stomach for. The yeah, over under in that game is nine and a half. So yeah. the the temporary feelings of considering Zach Godley have been erased with the uh, additional thought. I but
3: mean, I mean, there's there's a real scenario where it's like he could go you know maybe six innings and get like nine or ten k's give up yeah three or four runs and still kind of place near the top of this list uh fantasy points wise because it's just a there's not that much strikeout potential aside from him like i guess wheeler too but uh if if peralta's in if pollock is in I, i
2: don't really trust wheeler in that setting at all yeah, the highest over-under is that Arizona Mets matchup. The lowest over-under is seven and a half. It's a tie. I Brewers was, Padres and uh, Dodgers Giants.
3: Yeah, I would have figured that the the Braves uh, Blue Jays would be higher in the over-under with, with those two pitchers. But, uh, it's sitting at nine. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, and I guess the bats haven't done much. In, anyway, um, so I'm I'm kind of going McCarthy, and not because I have a great deal of conviction about it. It's just uh, that that's
2: where my fears are directing me. On that positive note, let's start taking a look at some bats uh, that we like. Uh, if you're stacking today, I mean, if I had to choose uh, one team to try to build a four-man stack with, picking on Mike Pelfrey is always a good idea, but it would probably make more sense from a... Just a pure math standpoint, with that nine and a half over under in Arizona, to just load up with Arizona bats and then fill in around that or
3: Mets. Um, I, I don't. I don't really. I guess Chris Herman at two thousand, if he's in, is pretty interesting because uh, Wheeler's uh, at his uh, career splits, he's actually pretty good against righties, but then uniquely bad against lefties. And Herman's a lefty bat, two thousand. I will probably pick Herman over Real Muto at catcher if if I if if herman is in because that's just that's just nice value at a position that's really hard to get reliability out of anyway um but otherwise i I guess if i'm if i'm thinking stack wise and it's and if it's in reference to the catcher position initially uh tyler flowers makes some sense to me going against uh bolsinger because i I like the brave stack bolsinger uh he's his look has like a higher WOBA allowed to lefties but he gives up more homers to righties and it's because he just walks all the lefties and then you know gets into trouble and gets cracked by some righty that he just has to throw at the zone of um but so yeah flowers for that reason is kind of interesting to me uh i, I know we were just talking about straley and his low likelihood of giving up home runs in that stadium but i guess because the pickings are slim mccann makes some sense as like a homer kind of guy but i'm, I'm mostly looking at real muto certainly for cash at 2700 uh herman if he's in and, and maybe flowers if i'm uh, passing on a Phillips-type in, in an otherwise Atlanta stack.
2: I'm having one of those days where I want to just flip the bird at Park Factors and just take advantage of the cheap pricing of the Dodgers. We've talked about uh, Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager this morning on the XM show, but if we're looking at catchers, Yasmani Grandal yeah. is 2,900. The wind currently forecasted to be blowing out at AT&T Park, so that could make it play a little more neutral. Do we neutral. got a mile per hour on that? I got a, I got a 15 right yeah.
3: now. Yeah, I mean, Grandal can... To just kill righties and, and Kane uh I, I know he's uh he was playing hurt a lot last year but gave up a lot of gave up a homer about every like five and a half innings in uh San Francisco last year and uh he's he's just not that good so I mean Grandall could also get you what you
2: need in, in the sense of like you know just three RBI a, d- a double and a single looking though at some of the alternatives I mean Brian McCann is 2900 against Dan straley um, I like the lefty righty aspect of that if McCann is in over under again nine at that game JT Realmuto for is a nice bargain that game is nine wow catcher could be a lot worse and if Chris Herman if Chris Herman's in today with Chris Ayanada hurt that certainly seems more possible since Ayanada hit the DL uh, Chris Herman at 2000 as chalky as that might be is well worth it because that opens up the extra flexibility you might need to upgrade from you know like an eric thames to a freddie freeman or from right. uh you know a, a high four thousands outfield to a mike trout even like that extra bump could be worth it since herman you know is, is so productive uh going lefty righty especially at home
3: yeah i i would really I, he might be like my favorite catcher in a vacuum if he's if he's in uh let alone adjusting for price but just because it's uh, wheeler's been bad against lefties and in that stadium uh, Herman could be, in, especially with like uh, Peralta and Pollock being gimpy, he might be a little higher in the order than normal. Um, but even if
2: those two are in, I still like Herman. Just from a, a general run producing standpoint, looking at the park factors for today, right? So if you're looking at where runs come from, based on all of these factors, okay, the Rockies are are not home today, so that the best option is gone. Uh, The D-backs are the the best, the best park in the national league after Colorado for how it increases run production Uh, increases runs by 15%, pretty significant on the AL side, Boston off today, Cleveland, not part of the main slate. Uh, The Rangers are not at home. Uh, The Royals, I believe are off twins off Orioles off blue Jays on Yankees off. So there are, are two parks that are in the main slate that are above average for run production. I guess San Diego technically counts, but it's, it, it's increased run production by 1% over a neutral park. So that's negligible when it's all said and done. It's an odd slate because it's back end starters in parks that typically don't boost up that much offense.
3: Except for that Diamondbacks one. So maybe like we just shouldn't bother with anybody outside of that game.
2: Maybe you should just load up both sides in Toronto. Toronto, yeah. I like the Braves hitters right now more than I like the Jays hitters.
3: Uh, certainly, uh, in this particular, con- uh, this particular, uh, this slate though, the Blue Jays are very in play, and like a guy, like, you can probably get a guy like Morales, Smoke, going really low ownership, uh, even though they have pretty nice
2: objective home run probability against Bart the way he's been throwing. The uh, cool part of the optimizer that we've added recently is the stack builder. Okay. It's a pretty pretty nice little feature. What you can do is you can actually set up uh, the team you want to stack. You can choose the number of players, two through four, and then you can base it on any number of of different factors. You know, highest projected points, batter stats versus uh, opposite hand, all all those different kind of things, like platoon advantages, uh, stuff like that. And you know, if you run that, you run a four man stack, highest projected points for Arizona. Uh, you'd get a combination of Goldie, Jake Lamb, David Peralta, and Yasmani Tomas. Goldie at forty four hundred is the most expensive. Tomas and Lamb thirty five hundred apiece. Um, I like the price on Lamb a lot. He's gonna be the highest owned player at any position. He's probably yeah, I think he's the chalkiest hitter on the board. I think Chase Anderson's ownership rate could be a little higher. I bet Maybe? Lamb
3: I honestly think Lamb's gonna be like over fifty maybe like, but
2: but he should be like
3: there's no third baseman to pick even like it's not like it's not like this guy's comparable but he's in a slightly worse uh, uh matchup or something it's like these there's like the first three guys aren't playing and then it's lamb and then the next one is like seager and frazier and turner who it's like turner fine 3300 he could yeah he could knock in some runs today uh frazier could homer but when you can pay a hundred dollars more to get lamb going against at home uh one of the most vulnerable to lefty pitchers on the slate a guy who gives up like all of his damage to lefties in in an in a, in a aggregate that he gives up quite a bit of damage it's like lamb is just i don't know it's like a free space to me i guess on this uh
2: this bingo board of a slate it is and, and the only viable pivot seems to be justin turner against matt kane at 3300
3: i wouldn't rule out adonis garcia but that's like some deep tournament kind of thinking um but it, it makes some sense because he's in it. if you think that lineup is going to score points um he could just by you know just incidental chance get in on it and in the meantime uh he tends to bat pretty high even against righties and bolsinger tends to give up most of his homers not, not most more to righties um so maybe that can help garcia with his otherwise. Uh,
2: problematic splits against righties. And if you want to go at Zach Godley with a four man Met stack on FanDuel, the optimizer would recommend uh Jay Bruce at four thousand, Curtis Granderson at twenty five hundred, Neil Walker at thirty seven hundred, and Michael Conforto at forty two hundred. The drawback being that stacks three outfielders, so then you'd have less flexibility yeah. with other spots. I think you could take TJ Rivera at he's like 2800 at first base and i know he doesn't
3: have the power that you normally want at first base but like i bet he can homer off godly and and either way he could he's like a reliable 300 hitter in the majors and should have rbi potential run score potential i think he he might make some sense for a a met stack at 2800 if you can resist you know the the otherwise very tempting group of options like the previously mentioned morales freeman uh Thames, even yonder alonso
2: goldschmidt first base is so hard for me to look at today because i could just there's like 10 guys i want that's pretty typical though i mean if yeah. you think about like bellinger at 3300 he's in play freeman sure if you can afford him no problem there against bolsinger Thames against perdomo i mean you are giving up quite a bit as far as the, I don't the park like the factors stack. yeah I don't seven like, like the park index for left-handed home runs it it Petco for the last three years is 74 so it reduces left-handed oh. home runs by 26 percent and
3: maybe Perdomo is the okay this is hard yeah I'm getting disoriented thinking about this I'm just gonna keep feeding you numbers until
2: you like kind of overheat from calculating just just say everything. lots
3: of numbers that are big and I'll
2: be impressed index um, this and three-year average that no tj rivera though the, the problem i have on fan duels that he's a first baseman right And i just i think you're gonna find four or five I mean, guys he's do, every day he's like doing better.
3: like 160 iso pretty reliably in the majors and uh, that stadium who knows but it, again it's 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 a it's a longer shot kind of thing and obviously yeah due to 200 less has objectively better
2: home run potential anyway bring the wild turkey if you're gonna make the tj rivera part of your lineup on the, this particular slate uh, Pujols, assuming he's back today from a uh, personal matter, I mean, he's three thousand against Mike Pelfrey. I think there's a case to be made for for rolling and him out there. Valbuena too, twenty six hundred. It's like I I I could
3: definitely stomach Valbuena twenty six hundred if I was paying for like a twelve thousand dollar pitcher or
2: something, but obviously I'm not, so I'm probably not, I'm not going to have any Valbuena today. I was the original Luis Valbuena fanboy back when he was in Cleveland. Cool, yeah. Put that on my Twitter <laughs> bio. Uh, moving over to second base, uh, Jose Altuve against Straily, thirty nine hundred. I think that's definitely in play if you can afford it. Uh, but then you got a couple of cheap options, and you got to see where they're at in the lineup. But Brandon Drury is three thousand. It's righty righty against Wheeler. Derek Dietrich's only twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's uh, going up against Musgrove, and, and Musgrove's I think better than a, a guy that's going to have an ERA over five when the season's said all said and done. But even if Musgrove were, were pitching well right now, he's not the kind of guy that i would avoid because of his ability to just be dominant like he's he's just a good like command first sort of pitcher
3: right and he's just he's getting hit hard like it's it's, he's not getting he's not doing like the weak contact kind of pitching to contact style um so i i I think that the marlins can hit him and, and dietrich's got good power obviously and if if despite that stadium being bad for that like if he's leading off or hitting second like he has been lately uh, that, that that could offset whatever concerns about the stadium particularly given how cheap he is you got anything else going on at second base that you like today uh like neil walker a lot obviously i would imagine he'll be pretty chalky i like vr a little bit uh, as a tournament play but um otherwise mostly just looking at uh neil walker uh drury i'm not worried about the right right split even though wheeler's good against righties like drury is too in that stadium and i just think he's a good player who's going to finish really strong this year so why not maybe a day like today uh brandon phillips a little bit maybe jace peterson if he's in the lineup as tournament considerations but uh yeah and if if devin travis is batting like sixth or higher at 2600 he's
2: interesting moving to third base we talked about how thin it was before it's lamb or turner i'm just gonna play lamb i'm not even really gonna think twice about it i'm not i'm not gonna think about it he's 3, It's 3500
3: it's just it's, it's a giveaway yeah if he was like 4700 or something maybe then i'd start
2: looking elsewhere but it's like this is this is too easy at shortstop, do you play or fade cory seager i mean he's the best option based on the splits uh against the handedness of the opposing starting pitcher today 3600 it's still a very fair price san francisco is even worse than, than petco of course for what it does to left-handed power but winds if those, if those winds go from like 15 miles per hour in the forecast right now to 20 or 25 later in the day that really makes me more willing to take on a, a larger uh, number of dodgers in my lineup yeah I'd, I'd like to get segura but
3: i don't anticipate making uh, the the broom salary wise and correa great player but i just i don't really like him at 4200 in that stadium he'll be really low owned and if, if uh, australia has a meltdown he'll probably be a main reason why but uh is,
2: is a dribble not really able to play right now he's torn a ligament in his thumb uh, so the dl seems that's imminent yeah. but it's the mets so you never know
3: uh yeah i would normally love him in this setting but uh, not so much with a uh, his thumb uh, you know dangling uh Let's see. Yeah, there's not like nothing underneath this. Uh, man, that's bleak.
2: It's it's basically um, Correa or Seager. It's one of those positions that you don't want to go cheap. And Segura is 4,400. I think there's a case I think for, you can throw him in there. I think
3: there's too. a case for Owings just because of the lineup that he's in. But I yeah, I'm I'm looking realistically at Corey Seager and not
2: much else. Maybe like for a GPP, no one cares about anything anymore. Sort of mindset. Dansby Swanson at 2,500 against Bolsinger is he like batting ninth these days or something like that like I he mean, was just
3: terrible for like oh, the first month of the year yeah he uh it, it makes some sense for a stack obviously in a tournament if you're if you're if your strategy is target bolsinger uh swanson won't be owned very much and he's going to be quite good eventually and it, it'll, when it happens it's not like it'll be broadcasted clearly the fact so uh if, if you're betting on that occurring in the next couple of weeks a day like today could be just as easy of a setting as any other but uh yeah 2500 uh there's the objective case for it i'm still probably looking at Seeger just because I'd, i'd rather get some semblance of of reliability at a position that i don't think
2: has much upside in the context of the risk it otherwise entails swanson has a little six game hitting streak going maybe waking up after a very very poor april to begin the year he's drawing some walks too even though the k rate remains a bit elevated. Looking over at the outfield now, I mean, sure, if you can afford the 5400 of on Mike Trout, why wouldn't you against Mike Pelfrey? And there's certainly some pivots, uh, a few positions that will allow you to get there. Uh, cheaper pitching, too, without real aces on the board makes that possible as well. Um, I'm okay with dropping $500 down and going Nelson Cruz against Sean And Minaya. Normally, Manaya is the kind of lefty that I really like. Uh, but tonight, coming off a shoulder injury, first start back, I'm willing to lean more on Nelson Cruz's success against lefties than I am to fear Mania in his first start off the injury. Yeah, fair enough.
3: I Like I said on the radio, I'm probably not going at Cruz today, but particularly in a tournament context, um, him at 4,900 will be much lower owned than Conforto at 4,200, um, and yet Cruz might have about as good of a home run probability. Uh, I, I just I'm kind of I'm kind of of the posi- I'm kind of of the opinion that like Monea is good and like that stadium might you know kind isn't it the left handed
2: uh, power that's helped in that stadium you were saying earlier lefty power in Seattle gets a boost and it so, gets a ten percent boost now run production as a whole. Goes down about twelve percent. What Seattle.
3: about what about the righty power? Is there not a a,
2: a penalty there? T- there was for a long time. I think they changed the fences a year oh. or two ago. And there's it, it's kind of like a San Diego scenario where I think there maybe were some changes made near the ballpark that have altered the way it plays. But it's kind of like in some ways it's kind of like Great American Ballpark. Uh, the difference is Great American boosts home runs in a more extreme sort of way, but relative to the home run factors the overall run output of the park is lower than you would expect. So it's good for homers, uh, better than you think for righties. It's it's above average for lefties, and it just deflates runs overall because I think balls in play tend to be tracked down, right? So there's just yeah. the fewer hits as a result.
3: All right, yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're making a compelling case. I think I, at this point, have nothing left to lean on other than irrational, arbitrary uh bias and and just just like inclination that i don't substantiate at all it's just like i, I don't know i look at Cruz and i'm like i'd rather have conforto um but that's, that's that, not
2: a bad call though like but Conforto's, no it, Conforto's in a good spot tonight too
3: but accounting for ownership is important and yeah i would imagine Cruz is like at least half or, or sorry i should say no less than uh you know Uh, half the or no more than half the ownership that uh, Conforto will have so that the payoff the the
2: best case scenario in that case would pay a lot better than the Conforto one looking at uh, one other outfielder that I would definitely try to get some exposure to Christian Yelich only 3300 Marlins Park stifles offense more than any other park uh, that we've we've talked about so far so you have to worry about that a little bit but lefties don't get dinged as badly in terms of their home run potential uh, as than as righties do in that park. So thirty three hundred's a nice little spot uh, to throw Christian Yelich into your lineup today against Joe Musgrove. Fair enough.
3: I probably won't be going at the Marlins bats, even though um, the way Musgrove has been getting hit lately, there's there's an argument for that. Uh yeah, I mean like we, so we were talking about the you were talking about the parks a little bit ago and how like the basically everything but Arizona and uh toronto is kind of a penalty in you know the most broad senses i kind of want to target heavily then that toronto game because the arizona one would probably be a fair or not a lot more chalky but more chalky than you would normally guess given pitchers as bad as bolsinger and cologne and like looking at cologne i think he might be the big turkey on the slate because like outside of a game against uh he he was at home against the padres on april 16th where he had a really good game one earned run one hit one walk every other game he's been annihilated like not just like a a few big hits here or there like he's been just he's gonna get like dfa'd or or something like if he keeps pitching like this and toronto bats are getting a little bit better lately like uh smoking and, and and uh Morales are dangerous to righties anyway but like bautista's showing a little bit at least um devin travis i th- we think we both expect to get hot sometime um so yeah i kind of want to target a lot of those guys and a lot of the braves um so i, I like on the other side i like kemp uh, going against bolsinger at 3900 um i want to get i might want to get enciarte I think he's he's pretty reasonably priced at thirty four hundred. Um but yeah, otherwise like do you like Bautista today? It seems like too much to ask for Homer's in, in consecutive days. Or wait, no, he hasn't in he didn't yesterday, so it's on. Um, three, it's on. It's one, on. Two in a row is out of the question, but three
2: and four days, I'll, I, I can see that happening. Sure, no, that's that's so much more logical. That, yeah, that yeah, you have to you have to believe in that. No, I mean four thousand is good. Price. But the matchup is great. Yeah, the matchup's great. He's at home. Uh, Bart gives up home runs. I mean, yeah, I think Bautista is the best option overall with the the Jays if you throw Price out of the equation. I think value wise, you get a little more for your money with like Kendrys Morales at thirty two hundred, but because first base is so right. deep, I'm not wild about that. The Devin Travis thing's kind of interesting because I'm I'm still convinced that he's not as bad as he's been overall. This oh, dude, year. He's,
3: he's one of the best like hit tool guys
2: in the league. Like when he's healthy and on rhythm or whatever. And I, I think I think at that position he is, but you know, otherwise, I think he's just kind of like a tick above average for the hit tool. I mean he's always been really reliable like batting
3: average wise right like um i don't know if like you know a drury type with even better average and obviously he's not like a 20 homer guy but uh, in terms of just getting the ball in play and getting on base as a result
2: seems pretty uniquely good over his career yeah good good like low k rates in the minors right around 19 percent for his career so not like uh eltuve brantley v mart Little. oh right so right, right. Like that, certainly not that I mean, those guys are ridiculous of course how they yeah, yeah. deflate k's but um i, I think that, i just think devin travis is a solid player and, and one who's much better than he's shown us to this point i think the knee injury that he was coming back from this spring was a big part of why he and got they, off such a slow start and
3: they did rush him back from it too like they're like they're going publicly like well he's kind of taking longer than we expected It's like well that's just means you don't you, you guessed wrong how bad the injury was and maybe like adjust your expectations rather than trying to change the timeline. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I yeah, I thinking, thinking this through, I kind of like now, like a, a tournament of, uh, Morales, Travis, Bautista, and then, kemp and i don't know i gotta i gotta fit in some gotta get lamb. some some mets bats oh yeah that totally the free space lamb on the bigger board can if you're not out outfield spot problem with travis is then i can't get neil walker neil walker's got such good on paper fit today but anyway yeah, yeah. I, I bart might be the big turkey despite uh, that arizona stadium making turkeys out of both Godley and uh the wheeler yeah i mean bart
2: literally is the big turkey we know that but we'll see how he genetically a, a big old turkey but he feels his position well <laughs> good glove
3: surprising um, athleticism yeah um so I'm, i guess i'm gonna try to go at bart a little bit i wish him all the best everybody loves bart i love bart but if uh if he must crash and burn uh, i don't know I, I guess i don't mind benefiting from his
2: uh downfall everybody just wants to pinch his cheeks i think is is why they why they love him so much All right, it's going to wrap things up for this episode of the RotoWire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you on Tuesday.
1: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.